Hey neighbors, we are here again with the election series. We hope you have enjoyed everyone that you've seen so far, including any mayoral candidates, if we have aired any, and all of the city council candidates. So today we have with us Mr. Bernard Smith, who again is running for mayor of the city of Stonecrest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. This means a lot for the community to have every single candidate come into the platform and talk about what's going on. I know you guys are trying to be as visible as possible, and we're happy to be part of aiding in that. That's an honor to be here. Thank you, guys. It's lovely. It's lovely. So we're going to dive right in. I'm going to bombard you. I'm going to pellet you with questions. Boom, 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 (laughs) boom, 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 right? And then we are going to give you the opportunity at the end to talk about your campaign. So to get started, let's break the ice, right? I'm not sure how many folks know you. I know I wasn't familiar with you at the beginning. So what we need to know to get this train moving is what is one thing that you would do if you could not fail? If I could not fail, the one thing that I could do would be to stop the killing, killing and violence going on. It's not not only in Stonecrest, but the Cal, Atlanta, period, around the country. I mean, the the amount of guns we have in this country. We got 10 million more guns than we have people. I think it's 3 million. I'm sorry, not 10 million. It's 3 million more guns than people. And that's ridiculous. And to have the amount of killing that goes on when we watch our news every night, it just irks me that my children have to grow up to this. Um, I don't think it's fair for them. I think that my parents definitely made sure that This place was a lot better for me growing up. And I can't say that I can do the same for my children. And so that irks me. So the first thing that I would tackle would be the killing. Um, A lot of people disagree with me on this, but I made a stance to ban all lethal ammunition in my city. Mm. I don't want any more killing. Um, That's from the cops, from the the civilians to the the criminals. Um, If I had my way, I would make it a hate crime to carry a lethal bullet. Mm. Everyone would have rubber bullets and beanbag shots um, in my city. Um, And of course, people would still, you probably still have some shootings. Of course, shootings would go on, but you'd have a a lot less killing, a lot more people in hospitals Mm -hmm. and surviving and being able to go to jail for what they did as opposed to waking up in a body bag next morning. Mr. Bernard, thank you so much for sharing that. I have literally asked this question of over 100 people, I'm certain, probably hundreds of people. And you are absolutely the first person to ever say that you would stop the killing. And it definitely touched me. But as we moved in, and this is not to make light of everything that you said, and you mentioned rubber bullet. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm definitely okay with that. And I would go to the shooting range and I would pop out so many eyeballs with that. So someone came at me, I'm like, you know, I got this rubber bullet and you're about to lose an eye. And I think that maybe a rubber bullet can still kill somebody because, you know, the eye is soft and then it goes back in. If you hit them in the right spot. And I'm going to learn those spots. Trust me, they they do enough damage to stop somebody. I mean, you shoot somebody with a rubber bullet or a beanbag. I don't know if you've ever seen a shotgun with a beanbag being shot at. It's called beanbag shots. And when it's, it's, it's just like a bullet hits you, but it knocks you out. Oh. Instead of killing you, you get knocked out. I definitely felt my sternum crack when you did like <laughs> this and I imagined the size of a beanbag. So 
you know, with that being said, I think we will all still be well behaved. Absolutely. <laughs> I might be more afraid because doggone it, having a beanbag just sitting on my chest. Okay. Anyway, that's not what we're here for today <laughs> for my imagination to run wild. Let's move into, we understand that you care a lot about human life, just based off of what you would do if you couldn't yes. fail. I, I'm not, I'm not your typical politician. I'm not running as, as a, a politician. I think that's the problem with politics is you have too many lawyers and politicians just, they, they, they lie about things. They sell things that they, 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 they overpromise and underdeliver. And I mean, who can you trust? I'm running as a Christian. I'm a Christian man. I have, I'm a strong believer in, in God. I have a strong relationship with him. Um, I'm a prophet. Um, I have a very, very keen relationship with God. And when you talk daily, he shows me visions. He gave me a vision for this city, which is the only reason I'm running. Um, when Jason Larry was in office, um, I shared my vision with him. Mm -hmm. And he said, wow, you would not believe, but somebody else has that same vision. And he shared it with me. And I said, this is nothing but God. Now, Jason Larry got a little greedy. And it's, I, I, I hate it for the guy. I mean, you take a job that you know it pays this much money and it's a part-time job, but you work it full-time and you want that big money. And he stole it, I guess, get what he wanted. But um, yeah, um, I've had this vision since then. And I still have it today. And the only reason that I decided to run was the candidates that I saw, these three women and one man, they weren't going to get it done. With that being said, and you've mentioned vision so many times, that leads us right into the next thing that we really need to talk about. What is your vision? My for vision for Stonecrest is to be a model city, um, a city that other cities can follow. I, I plan to set the blueprint here on how a city should be run, a real um, suburban city should be run. Um, I plan to decrease the crime here. I plan on, we have like six police officers that we rent from DeKalb County. It should be at least 12. I think it should be 18. Um, I think that the crime is so amok, the police can't handle that. You can't handle that with six cops running around the clock. And I think that is the main issue. Also, our children, our kids, the kids don't have anything to do. Um, when I was coming up, we had YMCA, we had the the boys and girls clubs. We don't we don't promote that like we used to, and I think we got to get back to promoting that mm -hmm. and giving the kids an option to go play basketball, join the summer league, join the summer league, do something positive with your life instead of riding dirt bikes in the street and breaking into people's cars. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what that's what they're doing, and. The education here has been so, so bad. Um, I'm a huge proponent of education. Uh, my wife is an educator. And my children, I, I always tell people, you can tell um, the devotion of a person, the character of a person, um, the ingenuity of a person by looking at the kids. Um I look at a lot of the kids that are being raised in our public schools and it's almost like the parents send them to school for daycare. 
I talked to the, every principal in each school in our city before COVID. Um, and I interviewed them and I asked them, what's the number one cause of your school failing? And they'd all say it's the parental involvement. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that teachers tell me. Mm -hmm. um, not only principals, but the teachers. And it's something that um, we've got to change. Is that something that you would say is the biggest problem in our city? It's one of the biggest problems in our city. Um, I have an initiative called the Challenge Program. It's something that um, I actually worked on with Jasper Williams. He's a prominent pastor in our city. Mm -hmm. um, he came up with this idea and he sold it to the Wiseman Group, which is an organization that I work with. Um, that's the platform that I'm under. The, it's a political party for the church and Christians called the Wiseman Group. Um, they took this challenge program and they wanted to scale it on a national level, but that's not possible right now because we don't have those interactions with the president and, um, and the people who control um, the policy of education. But we can do it on a local level. Um, I've spoken with DeKalb County. I work with the old superintendent. I work with um, a lot of her staff. And this was something they were very interested in before COVID. Um, the challenge program, what, what, it, what it entails is it takes every student that is being challenged um, educationally-wise, every student that is being, has behavioral issues, and it puts them into this program called the challenge program. Well, the challenge program involves them staying after school to get extra help from the teachers. The teachers will stay an additional hour each day just to tutor these students who are in the challenge program one-on-one, -on -one, give them the help that they need. The parents would also have to participate in parenting classes to teach them how to be better parents because a lot of our parents just don't know what it takes to be a good good dad or a good, good mom. Um, they don't reinforce what the teachers are doing in the schools. And that's the main problem. The teachers don't even send homework anymore because they know the parents aren't going to get it done. Mm. The kids are just going to bring it home, not done. I mean, bring it back to school, not done. So they don't send it home anymore. And that's just ridiculous to me. Um, kids have to learn. And if parents are raising their children up to be just another um, Negro, then that's all they're going to be, mm -hmm. another Negro. And I don't believe that. I believe that you know, you turn, as the Wiseman group they teach us, we turn ne Negroes and Nikas into believers. Teach them to believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you turn those believers into leaders. And that's how you form a community. Um, you teach them to go out and lead. And everybody doesn't have to be a politician. You could just be someone working at a Boys and Girls Club leading a coach in a basketball team, that's leadership. But everybody should want to be a leader and strive to be some type of leader. 
um, in their life. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And so moving back in, so we've talked a bit about the youth, right? So thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. And now you as a leader, what kind of industry would you want to attract to this city? Industry, um, I'll tell you my vision for what I what I really want to bring to the city. Um, Alvareta has Avalon. Midtown has Atlantic Station. I want to bring a development just like Atlantic Station or Avalon to Stonecrest. We have all this land that sits in front of our mall. It's been there for decades. Nobody touches it. It's just unused land. We hope somebody will come build a Six Flags or something over it, and nobody does. I remember at one point there was somebody that wanted to build a indoor water park over it, and we thought that was going to be the next big thing. And you know, people bought houses around it because they thought that was going to happen, and it never happened. And then there was a soccer complex that never happened. And I have the vision. God has given me the vision. That's exactly what's going to happen to that land. It's going to bring jobs. It's going to bring um, entertainment. It's going to bring people. It's going to be a whole living complex, a community of people there, just like you see in Atlantic Station or in in, um, Avalon. Avalon. Yes, thank you. Or in Avalon. And um, I think that's the next big thing. And it's, it is, it's, it's in the works, actually. Um, people don't know, but it's been in the works for a while. Um, and it's going to happen. It's going to be a Black-owned development. Mm-hmm. First of its kind. Wow. It's a billion-dollar development. And it's going to be huge. Wow. And it's going to attract people. I mean, if you look at Stonecrest, we are the next Black Wall Street. I mean, you look at the leadership in the in the in, in the city hall. You look at the citizens in the community. I mean, we are that hot spot. We're the largest black city, second largest black city in the country. Mm-hmm. And I think with my leadership, we would definitely um, surpass that number one spot. But not only to be a regular city, I want it to be a model city for other cities like Raleigh, Durham. To we we build that blueprint and we give it to them. This is how you get it done, and then they turn their city into a city like ours. And you go to other places um, that need revamping. See, these are just dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you do something like what I said, um, stop killing first. Ban the bullets. Ban the not just bullets, but the lethal bullets, mm-hmm. so people can't kill each other. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge state. And nobody in the country is doing that. You hear every politician talking about, we need gun control, we need gun control. We, they're not doing it. They're just talking, we need gun control. Yeah, do something then. <laughs> Nobody's doing anything. Mm-hmm. At least this is a start. It makes total sense. Yeah. When, so you talked about the youth, you talked about what you want, and you're passionate about human life, and an actual active gun control. Mm-hmm. But that's great, right? Sounds like your platform. But how will you make yourself, you, Mr. Bernard Smith, mm-hmm. accessible 
to the community, accessible to the res- um, to the residents of Stonecrest? I think accessible to the residents of Stonecrest know me on Nextdoor, which is um, an app that all the neighborhoods have. I don't know if you guys are on it or not, mm-hmm. but Nextdoor is a very credible place to go to talk. Um, about what the city needs, what my neighborhood needs. You need a road paid. You go to the next door and you say, our roads aren't paid. Are y'all roads paid? Did y'all get new roads? That's how you, you find out what other communities other communities in your community are doing mm-hmm. and what they have access to. And you talk about the crime in the city. Did y'all know that there was a body found at Piggly Wiggly? Or did y'all know there was a body found outside of Publix last night? Or, did, or do y'all see all this traffic? On Panola Road, what are they doing? Or oh, I heard gunshots in my neighborhood last night at four in the morning. Did anybody else hear it? Mm-hmm. That's where people go. And people know me there. Mm-hmm. And I plan on staying there. Now, I know that a lot of these politicians, they only show up on next door when it's time to vote. Mm-hmm. But I plan on being there throughout my entire campaign and after my campaign is done. And I told the people, just like you can reach out to me now here, I'm going to be here when I'm when I'm your mayor. It's not going to change. Well, thank you for that commitment. Right? <laughs> so that is your model for accessibility, right? To make sure that everyone can stay connected with you with what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. There's 60,000 people here. Yes. All of them aren't going to agree with you or even like you. How will you handle the criticism that comes your way as mayor? I have to take the good with the bad. I mean, the bad with the good. I um, Everybody's not going to like you. And, you know, I, I I wear a heavy coat. I can brush that off. You know, if you don't like me, I'm sorry. You know, I, I try to appease to every... You, you, no, I'm not going to say I try to appease to everyone. You can't appease to everyone. And you have to know that when you get into this game. I mean, everybody's not going to like you. Mm-hmm. You know, if, 50% of people might agree with you, 50% of people might not. But I try to make, I try to get at least 70 to 80% of people on board with me. Mm-hmm. And those other people, you know, we'll, we'll try to accommodate you somehow. But I have to worry about the good, what's good for the city. Mm-hmm. You know, if God gives me a vision, I've got to run with that. Um, I know no other way. Mm-hmm. I'm a man of faith. I have a, like I told you, I have a very strong um, relationship with God. And if he tells me to do something, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I'm about is biblical. I mean, my, my, from my policy to everything I believe in, it correlates to one of the commandments or some kind of scripture. Mm-hmm. And you can't argue with that. There's no sugarcoating that. There's no compromising with that. And I won't compromise to my beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, people may feel like, well, I don't feel like this. That's, that's on you. That's between you and God. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like what God tells me to do, you're just going to have to take that with me, take that with him. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can go to him and say, God, why would you do this? Why would? Because ultimately, in the end, is we pray this prayer every night and we say um, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And many of us may not 
listen to that particular part, but that is so important. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no killing in heaven. There are no metal bullets in heaven. God will take your guns and turn them into Nerf guns because that's just who he is. That's what he does. He won't allow. If he says, thou shall not kill, that means everybody. No, you shall not kill. You can hurt him. He does give a right for military to kill people. And I think the military should be the only people with metal bullets because that's what they do. They defend the country. But I certainly don't believe that anyone or any of us have the right to kill another person. And that's something that I just can't allow in my city. So you are a man of conviction. Yes. What would you say your most important role is as mayor? My most important role as mayor is to be the visionary. Um, I have to see the vision. I have to sell that vision to the rest of this people. Um, a mayor that lacks vision lacks anything. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't build a city if you don't have a vision for what the city is supposed to be. I have that vision. And I think that's what these other candidates lack. I think that they may be smart. I think that Jasmine's a great person. I think Adama's a great person. You know, we're all friends. I'm friends with all of them. Before I ran, I text them. I still text them. Now, yeah. how's, your, how's your campaign going? You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'll, I'll shoot them text messages. Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't. Most of the time they do answer. And um, yeah, I like to stay friends after the race because I'm going to need their help. <laughs> I'm going to need all their help. I see what you did there. I see what happened. And so with that being said, and all the confidence that you just eased on in on us, <laughs> why should we vote for you, Mr. Smith? You should vote for me because um, I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man who knows how to get it done. I'm confident that I can get this done. I know that if you elect me on day one, there will be a customer service committee for all of our businesses. I'll, the, one of the main things I hear on next door, and I go to next door and I listen to people. I don't just go in there to just, you know, socialize. I'm listening to what people are saying. I've been doing this for years. The main thing that people say about Stonecrest stores and our restaurants is customer service. It's terrible. I'd rather go to Alpharetta where they're going to treat me nice. I'd rather go to Conyers where I'm not going to be treated nice. You know, I'd much rather go to the Piggly Wiggly and Conyers than go to the Kroger on Covenant Highway because it's just nice. <laughs> we got to fix that. Mm-hmm. So on day one, I will instill a customer service committee, committed just to that, to be led by public managers, Chick-fil-A managers. <laughs> and they'll talk to all these Burger King managers. They'll talk to all these um, checkers managers all these uh, foot locker managers and they'll teach them and coach them on customer service. And they'll take that back to their employees and train that on to them. And when people come to Stonecrest to spend their money, they'll know that I'm coming somewhere where I'm going to get great service. Mm-hmm. That's how you attract businesses to your city. You know, you give businesses an incentive to look up to. You give them 
an excellence award or an excellence badge. You know, you put them somewhere where they're exceeding other businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, and businesses say, well, I want that same kind of training they get in Stonecrest. I don't want to just build my business. I can put it anywhere. But if I'm going to get that kind of training, if they're going to make me go through that kind of those kind of workshops, that's where I'm going to put my business because I know my business is going to be top notch. And they're not going to let me fill in Stonecrest. And that's what we should have. Mm-hmm. We should emulate that. That's something we should be proud of. That's what I bring you as your mayor. All right, Mr. Smith. <laughs> you told us. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, now, if you don't mind transitioning over, so we want to thank you for taking the time to answer our questions. Yes. Talk to us about your campaign, what you have going on, the pillars, the things that you feel that you haven't already stated that you want people to know and where we can find you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the kind of things to differentiate me from Canada. I, I, I kind of have a marketing background. Um, I went to Morehouse College. Um, I've got my, my marketing degree. Um, I went on to try to get my MBA. I never finished it, but I did attempt to, to get my degree in global marketing. Um, I didn't feel like I needed it to finish it to be successful in what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a consultant. I mean, once you consult companies like uh, Lowe's and uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, Home Depot, and they bring you in as a consultant, I've got everything I need. I don't need that to finish that to get there. But anyway, um, one of the things in marketing that is very key is differentiating yourself from your competition. I differentiate myself from these competitors, these other candidates, on things like my thinking. I think it's just wisdom. Um, We have so many liquor stores in Stonecrest. Do you know we have not one AA meeting or NA meeting? Mm. That's ridiculous. Mm. I would impose a local tax on liquor stores. And I've talked to the liquor stores about this and they agree this should be happening. They say, why aren't we doing that? Because they contribute to the problem, but nobody's doing anything to fix it. The alcoholism, the drug abuse, all that stems from alcohol, tobacco use. And if we made them pay extra for the problems that they're causing, we'd fix all that. So I'm imposing a tax or an extra tax, a local tax on all liquor stores, um, restaurants, grocery stores that sell liquor. Anytime you sell alcohol, you're going to pay this extra tax and it's going to go towards a sober clubhouse in our city where we can have AA and NA meetings for people who have alcoholism problems, people who just can't shake that bug people who have NA or narcotics problems um, and need NA meetings. We don't have that in our city. You have to drive all the way to Atlanta or Decatur, or you can go from Conyers if you want to go to a meeting. But there's none in Stonecrest, and we have all these liquor stores. That's the kind of, out, that's the kind of outside-the-box thinking that I bring to the table that these other candidates just don't do. You're going to get more of the same with them. You're going to get something much, much different with me. I'm bringing change. That's what my whole campaign is about. We're changers. We're going to change the city. We're going to change South DeKalb. We're going to make this place a place that you love to live in. 
I'm going to continue to increase your property values. You see your property values going up. They're going to stay going up because I'm going to change the education around here, these schools. I'm going to change the, the environment of our stores, the quality of our stores, the quality of our restaurants. I'm going to attract. I, I, we lost Target, and that, that just broke my heart because I love that Target. But I'm going to attract those companies to come back. I have no reason why Sam's wouldn't come back Zell Sam's building if we can entice them to come. And I think we can do it. And I'm going to try to do it mm-hmm. as your mayor. Absolutely. I just hope that you bring snacks. All right. Snacks. <laughs> if, if you're bringing snacks, then that might be all right. Forget Target. <laughs> right. I need luxury eating. Luxury That's a eating. snack to me, right? I a whole you. T-bone. Tomahawk. Yeah. That's a okay. snack. Target, who wants chips? <laughs> not me. My heart's not broken. Target doesn't have what I need. <laughs> Bring me food. Food, I got you. But we'll call them snacks for now. Thank you so much. So much, Mr. Smith. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I think that everyone got a great idea of who you are, but you didn't mention where they can find you and how they can learn more about you. You can go to smith for the number 4 mayorcom smithformayor.com smithformayor.com and if you want to learn more about the Wiseman Group please please I it is paramount that you check out this this uh, political party things that they're doing are amazing you can go to thewiseman.co thewiseman.co and please check them out um, the things that they're about to do in this country are going to be amazing they, they didn't come to take sides they come to take over that's exactly what they're going to do. And on that note, vote in the no. <laughs> Stone Press Podcast. Spreading awareness within our community. Community. community.